0: But, uh, you know, last time I got to get up here, uh, I spoke on mentoring, being a mentor or mentoring someone or that, and, and it was funny because the next week Audie spoke and he talked about discipleship, which is the same thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, such, it's so important today to be around people that you can learn from and whatever you learn, you need to be around people you can teach it to. Um, so we're going to talk about influence today. And uh, the people around you can influence you each and every day. And I figured out something a few years ago. You know, if I'm having a bad day, it's because I let someone or something influence me from who I am in Christ. So influencing people or being around the right kind of people is always just so important. So uh, so if you were to name a person that influenced you more than anyone else in this world, who would that be? Just think about that for a minute. And I'm talking about your whole lifespan here. You know, a lot of people would say their dad and their mother course and they they do have influence on you a brother which my brother was a bad influence on me I learned what not to do by watching him or maybe your best friend or or a pastor like pastor Curtis I mean that guy is just solid as he can be and if you're using him as a mentor just get after it but that's the deal everybody wants to use him So soak up what you can, gather up what you can from him each and every time you have an opportunity. But all those kind of people influenced me, family members and and bosses and things. But my favorite mentor, the one who influenced me probably the most, was my granddad. And I called him Papaw. But uh, Papaw was one of eight kids that survived childhood. Now, there were three that died in the early years, so we come from a large family. But Paul was the second to the youngest of his family, and and his oldest brother, who was older, the oldest one in the family, the kids, he was like 17 years older than him, 17, 18 years old. But out of all these kids, four of them never married. There were three sisters and a brother that never married, and they lived their whole entire lives in the home place, in the house there, which it was a big house. But that's where they lived. Two sisters married, but their husbands died when they were very young in in their marriage. Uh, He had a brother that married, but he died at an early age also. So, So what I'm getting at is Papa took care of all of these. Now, his brother, his sisters, and his sister-in-law throughout his whole life. And besides the small farm and pasture ground that he took care of, that he had to make a living on, he took care of theirs also. He was the most humble servant I've ever known. And I spent a lot of time with him growing up. And now, that doesn't mean he wasn't screaming and hollering at me or my brothers because he was like most old cowboys he he was a little rough at times but I never heard him cuss I never heard him tell a lie he was the most honest man I ever do now my dad had a lot of those traits also but you know grandparents are always special and they, they should make an impact on your life he also showed me how to but he taught me how to how to read a cow? How to work? I mean, we worked. How to read a cow? How how to how to be patient with a horse until he understood what you were what you were saying. Just a lot of patience in there. Taught me how to respect people and how to trust. And he even showed me how to, a grown man could cry. Now you never saw my dad cry, but. Papa was, Papa was a good man. He showed me how to love Jesus and God. He didn't just tell me about it. He showed me how to do it. And he learned that from his dad and his dad's dad, and who was a circuit rider for the Methodist Church. So I always looked up to him and admired him, the way he served his family without any hesitation. He was just there doing it. So who influenced you? Let really me ask you this. Who are you influencing? You've got to think about those things. The Bible is full of examples of people who influenced others, and of course Jesus, I think he influenced a bunch, still does. The disciples... And Moses, and then, then we had the couple of prophets, Elijah and Elisha. Now, Elisha influenced people a lot. You know, he followed Elijah. But heck, you know, in, in 2 Kings, the 13th chapter, they were, it tells they were digging a tomb to bury a man, and a bunch of raiders come riding in. Now, I always wondered about that. Are they riding camels? That, that's not my, thought of a bunch of raiders riding in but that's who I think about them guys riding camels so anyway but they were digging this tomb for the guy and here comes these raiders and out of panic because they were going to run they grabbed the guy up and just threw him in a tomb well the tomb was Elisha's tomb and as the old man the dead man rolled across the ground and hit the bones of Elisha He came to life and stood up and walked out. That's the influence that man had on on people, on man. Even after his death, he's, he's bringing life. Cool deal. How about the Apostle Paul? Paul or Saul, as he started out, he was influenced by the elite of the Jewish priests. Jewish rabbis. He was definitely one of the up-and-coming leaders, and he would do anything for the traditions of the law and of the Jews. That is, until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and God changed him from a persecutor of Christians to a preacher for Christ. 180-degree turn. He preached Jesus throughout the Roman Empire. After the resurrection of Christ, I'm sure he probably influenced as many people as anybody in this world. It wasn't easy on him either. There were those who were afraid of him because of his reputation of killing people. Stoning them, bringing them in, throwing them in jail. It's a hard life. Tortured, whipped, chained. And then there were Christ-believing Jews who disagreed with what he was teaching. And and even the book of Galatians, Paul's telling them, you know, what I'm teaching you is true. Because they were wanting... the the Gentiles to become Jews and then become Christians. And he was speaking against that, and they didn't like it. They were against him because of that. But then there were the Jews, the religious leaders, that were against everything he said. Didn't matter, they were going to be against him. So he had a hard life, but he continued to, to travel around and preach the gospel. And uh, I guess you could say he's been influenced people for a couple of thousand years, easily. I had a book, a guy gave me a book one time, and it was on Paul, and on the cover of the book it said, The Most Influential Man in Christianity. And I thought, I think Jesus was. I gave the book back. But you know they you got to keep him in his place he's not higher than Jesus but we have opportunities each and every day to influence someone good or bad whether it's an employee your children your wife you know and and you say something without even thinking and it just messes up people it it ruins the rest of the day for them so you got to be you always got to be careful cuz our actions affect others <clears throat> in first kings chapter 13 there's a story of king jeroboam and he was king of israel who did many things that were wicked before god now this is right after god divided the kingdom rehoboam had judah and jeroboam had israel he had 10 tribes with him but Jeroboam did many things that were wicked before God and he was sacrificing on the holy temple on the altar he was sacrificing to other gods well there was a prophet from Judah sent by God strolled in there and rebuked the king ticked him off so the king reaches out like to strangle this young prophet that just rebuked him, and his hand shriveled up, dried up, said he couldn't even retract his arm. Well, he cried out for help, cried to the young prophet, and he said, ask your God to restore my hand. And the young prophet did, and it was. It was restored. But the young prophet continued to rebuke him, the altar actually broke during all this and fell apart, and uh, then the king's he's he's wanting he's wanting this young prophet on his side, so he offers offers him a little bribe. He said bribe. He said come home with me and let me reward you and give you this food and and trinkets and all this stuff. And the and the young prophet says nope. Now y'all may all know this story better than I do, but. It's an interesting story, but the young prophet said, "Nope, God told me not to eat or drink of the, anything from here and to not to go with you. So he gets on his donkey and takes off. Well, the story gets out and there's an old prophet that lived in Israel. They're close by. I know that used to be, I'm going to say used to be a prophet, but he let Jeroboam the king influence him and he he started just telling the king what he wanted to hear instead of what God told him to say. And uh, he got fat and lazy. He got he liked the good life. So he was he wasn't a prophet really anymore. But he heard the story about the young prophet and he takes off after him and finds him on the road. And says, Come back with me. We are we are to eat together and break bread. And the young prophet says, No, God told me not to. And and the old prophet says this He says, An angel come before me and said, Bring you home. So the young prophet went with him. He out and out lied. And the scripture says he out and out lied to him about it. It wasn't true. Well, they're sitting there eating fried chicken and gravy. Or fried camel and gravy. (laughs) And uh, anyway, the spirit comes upon the old man and he says, you will die on the way back. First time he'd prophesied in a while. So the young prophet jumped on his donkey, took off and down the road, come across a lion and the lion killed him. Well, later they... They went to get the young prophet because everyone was hearing the story. And the lion was sitting there, the donkey was standing there, and the young prophet laying dead. There was swift judgment on that young man for disobeying God, being disobedient, you know. And God put the lion there. And there are lions on every corner. The bad guys are on every corner trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you're living your life the way you want to, being disobedient and just living for yourself, self-centered, there may be a line out there waiting on you. It's what God can do. But you got to be careful of who you're listening to, who you're with, and who you're letting influence you. Just because he was an old prophet doesn't mean anything. So don't always listen to the old guys, is what I'm saying. You may not need to. You always take it maybe with a grain of salt. But there are bad influences all around us, and in most families, we all have a bad one in our family. That's just the way it works. So be careful. We as men of God have to protect our families and friends, and we do that by telling the truth and showing them the truth, by living out the truth. Or to put it really simply, in Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There you have it. We are commanded to be evangelists to everyone. Everyone. That doesn't mean you force-feed them, but you do live it, and present it when you have the opportunities. It's just the way we're supposed to be. We all have gifts to fulfill the Great Commission. And in doing this, we have the comfort of knowing that we have the authority of Jesus Christ as we go. And that's something, you know, you can, you can see on men and women. You can see the authority of Christ. If that's where your mindset is, if you're looking for it. If you're zeroed in, you can see when a man walks in a room if he's walking in the authority of Christ. Look at that. Pay attention. Think about that. And pay attention. And those you see walking in that authority, you snuggle up close to them. Go get coffee. Visit. Whatever you can do. They're the ones to influence you. But it is up to us as disciples to help people realize that their suppression of God, because we all know there is a God. We know right and wrong. We know there is a God. But to suppress that is wrong. And that's where America is today. They're suppressing that that's planted in their heart. But we need to help them to realize there is a new beginning in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Brand new. We need to help them to commit to Christ and we do that by caring for them and, and telling them the truth, not sugarcoating it. Not, even from up here in the pulpit, you can't sugarcoat it. It's, there's the truth and there's not. Just knowing that there is a God or knowing who Jesus is isn't enough. We have to help them understand the sacrifice that Jesus went through for them. We must tell them of the loving, forgiving relationship Jesus has for them. And you may need to tell it more than once. But most of us have a little age on us in here, and we've done that. And but you don't give up. You just continue. Because we're talking life and death. We're talking eternity in life or eternity in the other place. Two options. Guys, we are the light of the world. And in Matthew 5, it talks about that. And it it says that we're the light of the world and and you don't want to cover up that light. You don't want to hold back and keep your back up against the wall and the back of the church being quiet and never participating. We have to let it shine to attract those around us. You know, it, it, it's like going fishing in the summertime. You, you drop that light over the edge of the boat, you know, and it attracts fish. And the little ones come first. And you take advantage of that. And then the bigger ones come, and you catch what you can. It's been fishers of men, but they come to the light, and that's who we, we, who we have to be. And we, we don't do it arrogantly. Now, you've seen those people, some lately, but with gentleness and love. Or as it says in these verses, you know, there in Matthew 5, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we need to realize and walk in God's authority and influence where we can. And guys, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives within us, and we have that authority. So you have to boldly walk in it. I always said you've got to humbly but boldly walk in his authority. Arrogantly and boldly is a little fine line, but you've got to be careful. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for another day to walk and talk and live and breathe. It's glorious to be alive here today and to see these men that come together and learn more about you. And Lord, whatever I said, I pray that it comes into their hearts is what you wanted them to hear. And Father, we we just praise you. We, we thank you for the miracle and Tim Parker that happened. And uh, Father, we pray that you be with the house family today and that you give them safe travel and guide and comfort, each and every one of them. And it's in Christ's holy name. Amen.